But this morning, I want to talk to you about family matters. You know, I love baby dedications. I love when families get together. I, I love when that kind of stuff happens. I love when my wife gets to hold babies. And, and, um, and you know, of course, you can't, she can't hold our babies anymore because they can hold us. But, uh, but family is important to everything that we do here today. Family is important in, to every one of us here. It's also important to God. Not just because he came up with the idea of family, but because family is the building block of a strong and healthy church. See, Lighthouse Community Church has made good progress in the last couple of years of becoming a strong and healthy church. But this fall, this fall, in fact, if we could put this little, uh, this little uh, slide up there. This fall, our focus is going to be on building and growing strong families. You know what, guys? Um, We believe that that a strong church is made up of strong families, okay? We believe that. We we, we understand that. So we are going to focus on families. We're going to focus on strengthening your family. Now, here's the deal. We can't make your family get stronger. We can simply provide opportunities for you to make investments in your family, and we're going to do that. So I want to challenge you, and in fact, I want to encourage you to make these investments, to take opportunity, and we're going to do a family series uh, uh, on Sunday mornings. I'm going to do probably some some home improvement type series. We'll talk about some of those things. We're also going to uh, uh, going to begin some other ministries to families. So I just want to encourage you that that this fall we're going to focus on strengthening your family. Why do we do that? Because I believe that as we build strong and healthier, healthier families, this will assure that our church will continue to be strong and healthy for many years to come. You've heard me say, of course, strong and healthy churches are made up of strong and healthy families. It's why when the enemy wants to weaken the church, he often attacks the families of the church. Physical attacks, financial attacks, relational attacks. These all come with the sole purpose of weakening your family and thus weakening the church. But this fall, we at LCC Berwick will get on the offensive and make some strides to strengthen your family. You may ask, how are we going to do that? Well, as I mentioned, we're going to, uh, I'm going to do some series, some of the ministry, uh, some of the preaching times that I have is going to be focusing on the family, how to parent, marriage helps, different things like that. But we're also going to start several small groups this fall. One of them is going to be focused on building your marriage, okay? Um, guys, the building block of your family is your marriage, Okay. Sometimes we put all of our focus on our kids and and kids are important. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But when they leave the house, what do you have left? Okay. You know, I've, I've said this to my kids before, before you were me and her were. Okay. And after you're gone, me and her still will be. Okay. And that, that's just simply a statement of me putting a priority on my marriage. You know, this year, my wife and I are going to celebrate 25 years of marriage. Wow. Okay. I got married. We got married at 20 years of age. Okay. We didn't know much at 20 years of age. Okay. Um, every now and then we think about, you know, Hunter turns 18 in like a month. Okay. We, we think, uh, we think of him getting married in a year or two. Ooh, I don't like that thought. Okay. My mom just started chewing her cheek. Okay. I don't blame you, mom. That, that's, that seems way too young. Okay. You were probably thinking those same things 25 years ago, but boy, I married a pretty good girl, didn't I? Okay. I think if my mom had to pick sometimes between me or her, she'd pick her. Okay. Truth of the matter is I'd pick her too. So, okay. But, um, but we're going to make some investments in your family and I want to encourage you to be a part of that. So we're going to do a marriage small group where we're going to prioritize your family. And I want to challenge you to make small investments of time into your marriage. Okay. 
You'll hear a lot more details about this coming up. We're going to do a youth small group. We're going to do a couple other small groups. But, but uh, the, 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 the main focus is building our families. So let's get to our message today. And I just want to remind you one more time that family really matters. It matters to God and it matters to you as well. Amen? Let's pray. Lord, I just pray right now, Lord, that you'd bless this message, encourage us, and strengthen us, and most of all, speak to our hearts, Lord. I thank you, God, that you love every family in this place today, and I pray today that you would encourage us through your word, and you would touch us, and challenge us, and even change us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Everybody would say, amen. First of all, let me make this statement. Every family matters to God. Every family matters to God. This statement is true because every person matters to God. See, Jeremiah 29 and 11, which is one of my favorite scriptures, says, The Lord knows the plans and the purposes that he has for us. Plans to prosper us, not to harm us, to give us a hope and a future. That is a promise that God gave Israel. It's a promise that he's given you and I today. And it's a promise that applies to every family in this house. If God has plans and purposes for us as individuals, surely he has plans and purposes for our families. Okay? So if you matter to God and you do, your family matters to God as well. Amen? Don't believe the enemy's lies that your family doesn't matter to God. You know, sometimes we think, well, well, surely the Dinger family matters to God. And that's surely true. They matter to God, okay? And surely the Seneca family matters to God because they're the pastors. And the Falk family, they matter to God because he, he leads us in worship. But guess what, guys? I could go through each and every one of you here today. Your family matters to God. The Sanford family matters to God. The Verrett family matters to God. The Dehart family matters to God. Each and every one of us in here matter to God. Why? Because you matter to God. And you know what? The enemy wants you to believe that God has forgot about you. The enemy wants you to believe that, that God doesn't care about you. Maybe because sometimes a prayer isn't answered like we want it to. Any of, any of you ever in here had a prayer not get answered? Okay. You know, so, do you realize that God answers every prayer? Sometimes he answers yes. Sometimes he answers no. Sometimes he answers wait. Okay. I don't know about you, but I rather the yes or the no, because that wait thing, Ooh, that's, that's not fun, okay? How I many enjoy waiting? Yeah, that would be nobody, okay? But every prayer is answered, but sometimes it doesn't go exactly like we want, and, and we begin to think that, God, are you listening? God, do you care? I got to tell you today that he does. He is listening. You're his child. He has plans and he has purposes for your life just as surely as he has plans and purposes for your family. So you want some proof that your family and that family matters to God? Genesis chapter number 2. We're going to start at the very beginning. Genesis chapter number 2, in verse number 18, God ordained the very first family. Let's read about it. Genesis chapter number 2, verse 18. The Bible says, And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helpmate 
for him. Jump down to verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs, and he closed up the flesh therein thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman, and brought her unto the man. And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave unto his wife, and they shall become one flesh. God ordained the very first family. It was his idea. Family was God's idea to be a blessing to all mankind. This is why the devil tries so hard to destroy families, because when he does, he hurts the very heart of God. It's why he attacks your marriages, okay? The Bible says that God hates divorce. Now, is divorce the unpardonable sin? No, Okay, God loves you no matter what you've been through. But there's reasons God dislikes divorce because of all the the collateral damage. You know, I've watched divorce wreck families before. I've watched how with the children, it's a constant custody battle. Okay, even when it's an amicable divorce, it still ain't very much fun. Okay, that's why God doesn't like it. It's why the enemy attacks families. Friend, I want to challenge you today. Fight for your family. Fight for your marriage. Fight for and not with your kids. Some of you got that one? Some of us, we're really good at fighting with our kids. Start fighting for your kids, amen? Pray for those kids. Believe God for those kids. Spend time with those kids. And watch God fight with you and bless your efforts. I love to say that all the time. God blesses attempts. God blesses efforts. When you try to make an investment in your family, when you try to do things God's way, he blesses you for it. So God came up with the family idea. Secondly, God bless the family. God bless the family. Turn to Genesis chapter number 12. God blessed all families through what we call the Abrahamic covenant. Genesis chapter number 12. Let me read the first couple of verses to you. Verse number 1 of Genesis 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. That blessing is still holding true today. You and I are blessed because of this covenant. How how so? How so? Because out of that covenant came the Messiah. Out of that covenant came Jesus Christ. The same one we were singing songs about being the way maker and the miracle worker. This same Jesus has been the blessing to each and every family subsequent to this Abrahamic covenant. This blessing is still in effect to this day because what God blesses, no one or no thing can nullify. This is illustrated in Numbers chapter number 22 through 24. When you get some time, I'm not going to read it all to you, but, but go home and read this story. It's really a pretty crazy story, okay? It's the, the, the king of Moab, Moab named Balak tried to hire a prophet of God, Balaam, to curse Israel. This entire story spans three chapters, and it even has a story where a donkey is talking to a man. Sounds like a Disney show, doesn't it? Okay? I mean, literally, the, the guy is beating his donkey, and the donkey turns around and says, why are you beating me? Okay? And uh, it's really a pretty crazy story. 
But the point of the story is found in Numbers 23, verses 19 and 20. And that's what I'm going to read to you. Verse 19 of Numbers 23 says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I've received commandment to bless, and he has blessed, and I cannot reverse it. You see, friends, what God has blessed cannot be cursed. It shall remain blessed. God bless Israel and it remains blessed to this day. God has blessed your family and it will remain blessed to this day if you'll keep trusting God. Amen? Some of you are wondering, I don't know how much God's blessing my family. Are you making sure that God's the main part of your family? Have you asked God into your family? Have you asked God to come and bless your family? He wants to do it. Finally, God intends for your family to continue into eternity. I shared a little earlier in uh, the, 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 the message that John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise to individuals, but it's a promise to families as well. I'm standing on that promise this summer. Uh, my dad went on to be with the Lord and I'm standing on that promise that I'm going to see him again one day. Amen. And you and I, you and I have had loved ones go on before and we're standing on that promise that our faith will one day become reality. Second Peter three and nine says the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, but patient toward us, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. That's for everybody in your family, guys. These are provisions that God has made for your family to continue into eternity. These scriptures apply as individuals and they apply to your family as well. We all have family members who passed on and we have this hope that there will be a glorious reunion one day in heaven. Amen? In fact, I want to read about that reunion. It's found in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4. Now this is really, really cool stuff. 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, we're talking about a reunion one day. It's called the rapture, actually. 1 Thessalonians 4, beginning with verse 13. Paul says, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that do sorrow not, even as others which have no hope. For if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus, talking about those that are dead, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Guys, there's going to be a good reunion one day, okay? How many love family get-togethers? Wiggins, great opportunity to say amen, okay? That's what you're doing today. It's a family get-together, okay? Hopefully you're getting together, maybe eating some food, okay? Doing something cool like that. I love getting together with family, okay? I love what it involves bald seafood, okay? Any kind of food, really, okay? I love family get-togethers. I love family reunions. They're a lot of fun. You get to see people you hadn't seen in a long time. You get to hang out. You get to catch up. You get to tell stories, okay? Guess what, guys? There's going to be a family reunion in heaven, and it's one you don't want to miss. It's one that'll go on and on and on. It'll be one that I promise you, you don't want to miss. 
But God has made provision for your family to continue on into eternity. Your family matters to God. It holds a high priority to Lord, as it should for all of us today. But sadly, some of us take our families for granted, don't we? In light of the fact that your family matters to God, let's look at how you and I, or how much it should matter to you and I today. Let me say this again. Your family is the greatest gift God has given any of you other than his son Jesus. Let that sink in. The greatest gift that's ever been given you is your family. And you've also heard me say some of you wish there was a return policy on that gift, okay? But it doesn't work like that. Just this week, I told somebody, I said, we get to pick our friends, but we're stuck with our family, okay? You know, if you're wondering who the black sheep in the family is and you don't know who it is, it might just be you, okay? But here's the deal. We, uh, our family, we're, man, look, we're family, okay? We're in this thing together. Your family is the greatest gift that God has given you other than his son Jesus. But oftentimes we take it for granted until it's gone. Take it for our son who buried his dad this summer. What I wouldn't give to talk to Pop one more time. You know, my mom's sitting here today and boy, she's looking beautiful. Love to have you. Uh, uh, so good to see you, Mom. You know, every time I'd call Mom and Dad, she would, uh, what, I'd talk to Mom first because she always was nearer the phone, okay? I don't know how you ladies do that, okay? But she'd answer, we'd chit-chat a little bit, and then she'd say, you want to talk to Dad? Now, that wasn't a question. That was really a statement, okay? And she was saying that as she was handing him the phone, okay? And there were moments that Chantel would admit, I was a little aggravated by that because I'd said what I needed to say and I didn't, you know, I didn't have anything to say, but, but mom had asked the question and you don't tell moms no. There's a little advice right there. Don't tell mamas no. Okay. And, uh, she's like, you want to talk to dad? And, and of course it wasn't a question. It was a statement. And next thing I know, I, hey Mo, you know, and, and hey pop and what I wouldn't give to have one more talk like that. You see guys, we don't know what we have sometimes till we miss it. Okay. And, and God, with God's help, I, 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 I've lived a life of very few regrets. Okay. But what I wouldn't give one more time to say, Hey, what's up, pop. But guys, I got to challenge you today. Sometimes we take the most important things in life for granted. Let's not do that. Let's not take our family for granted. Let's realize the gift that it really is. And then let's do a couple things about it. In light of how important our family is to God, in light of how important our family should be to us, here are some things that we should do, and I'm almost done. Number one, prioritize your family accordingly. Prioritize your family accordingly. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. I've shared this before. I'll share it again. These are my priorities. Number one, God. Your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ is the most important thing in your life. But the second most important thing in your life is not your job. It ain't hunting season, okay? It ain't going to kill some ducks. It ain't going to ride in your boat. It's your family. You see, guys, the most important thing in life is our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But a close second is family. Now, third comes our ministry, our work, our hobbies, all that other stuff, okay? But guys, when it really comes down to it, in fact, at the end of this life, the only two things that will really matter is your relationship with God and your relationship with your family. Because at the end of, at the end of this thing, at the end of the days, at, when, it all, when everything else gets balled down, the only two things that really matter 
is your relationship with God and your relationship with your family. So guys, I want to challenge you today. Prioritize your family accordingly. I've seen people sacrifice their families for success at work. You know what, guys? One day on your deathbed, you're not going to wish you could go back into work. You're going to wish you could spend a few more time, a few more minutes with family. Guys, let's prioritize family accordingly. Secondly, honor your family. Honor your family by blessing it. How do I do that? You see, guys, you do it in word and in deed, in what you say and in what you do. You know, guys, wives, wives for a second, respect and honor your husbands. Man, the way some spouses talk to each other drives me crazy, okay? I mean, I've heard husbands call their wives cows. I'm thinking, you're an idiot, okay? They say things maybe in jest, but I'm like, you are a blooming idiot, okay? And the way some ladies talk to their husbands, ooh, it just makes me cringe, Okay? Now look, I'm married to a strong Cajun woman, okay? How many know some strong Cajun women, okay? And, and so look, she can be very opinionated, but she always respects me. For 25 years, she has not disrespected me. Guys, that, in fact, that's what the Bible says, okay? The Bible says, wives, honor your husbands. Husbands, love your wives, okay? And there's things that we could talk about on that. We'll do more of that this fall as we build stronger families. But we need to honor our families by blessing it in word and in deed. Ladies, don't nag that boy to death, okay? Some of you nag that husband to death. Stop it. Honor that boy. Respect that boy. Bless him by bragging on him. Man, look, you need to brag on your husband. You need to brag on your spouse, okay? You need to brag on her cooking, okay? You need to do all these things. You know what, guys? That girl right there on the front row is my biggest cheerleader. After 25 years, I'm still the football star who married the cheerleader. And that's really what it's supposed to be about. Okay, we're supposed to have a cheerleader. We're supposed to have somebody in our corner. And when you honor your family, we're in it together. Amen. So honor your family by blessing it in what you say and what you do. One more thing. Be quick to forgive. Be quick to forgive. You see, forgiveness is the greatest gift you could ever give a family member. How should I forgive? Well, Paul gave us a little example in Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians chapter number 4, turn with me there, verses 31 and 32, talking about some ways that we should treat our family, talking about some ways that we should forgive one another. Let me begin in verse number 31. The Bible says, Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, this is describing some of your families right now, (laughs) be put away from you with all malice, and be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. So how are we supposed to forgive? We're supposed to forgive just like Christ has forgiven us. Wow. That's quickly, that's completely. Okay? How would you like it if God forgave you just like you forgave others? Let that sink in. If God forgave you just like you forgive others, how would you feel? You know what? Actually, he kind of does. Turn with me to Matthew chapter number 6. Matthew chapter number 6, and I'm almost done. Matthew 6, verse number 14. This is right after Jesus gave us the, uh, the, the All Father when he was teaching us how to pray. 
he follows up that, ver- that, that, that portion of Scripture with verse 14 when he says, For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Ouch. Let that sink in for a little bit. Really, God forgives us in a similar way to we, the way we forgive others. We need to make sure that we're walking in forgiveness. But pastor, you don't know how they treated me. You don't know what they said about me. I don't care. <laughs> forgiveness is not a suggestion. It's not a good idea. It's a command from God. Okay? So whether you like it or not, it's time you start doing it. Because how's that walking in bitterness working for you? How's that holding that grudge working for you? Not so good, huh? How about you try forgiveness and it'll change everything. And finally, here's what we need to do for our families. Trust God for your family. Trust God for your family. You know, some here today think they can control every aspect of their family's lives. You know, right now, Brian and Kristen can control a whole lot of Willow's life. They have a whole lot of control over Willow's life. But as she gets older, we have less and less control, don't we? Okay? And, 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 and guys, we want to try to control every aspect of our family's lives. But how many know you can't? You can't be there 24-7. My boys are 17 and 16, and and most of the time I know where they're at, but sometimes I don't. I can't control every aspect of their life, but I can trust God with every aspect of their life. So I want to remind you today, when it comes to your family, trust God. Proverbs chapter number 3, verses 5 and 6 tells us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but acknowledge him in every one of your ways, and he promises to direct your paths. That works for individuals, and it works for families. And then Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts God. I would like to add, blessed is the family that trusts God as well. As I close today, your family matters to God, and it should matter enough to you to prioritize it, to honor it by what you say and what you do, by blessing it, and by being quick to forgive those of you that that need to give forgiveness in your family, and finally, by trusting it.